All right, everybody, welcome back to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Adam Schmidt. With me, as always, he's Adam Schmidt. I'm Chris Witt. I'm so (laughs) lost right now. And the reason is, is because we got a special guest and we're going to kick it off right away with our special guest today. Bengals enthusiast, uh, writer for LockedOnBengals.com, all around good guy. Uh, founding member of the legendary R&B group Debonair, <laughs> and six-time MVP of the Turkey Bowl, Mr. Andre Edwards. Andre, how are you, brother? I'm good, fellas. How about yourself? Excellent. Very good. Very good. Six time or however many times he's played is how many times MVP he's been. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly right. And unfortunately, I'm usually the quarterback on the other team, so that's an automatic L for me. No, that just that just means you finished as second, uh, second in in the MVP voting. That's all. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take second yeah. in the MVP voting, especially exactly. if I'm losing to you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> second out of like eight total guys. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it is what it is. It is what Absolutely. it is. Absolutely, nobody's counting. Nobody's that's right. Counting. That's right. Andre, so we're going to kick right into this. Usually we go through a whole spiel of how we're the nosebleeds, but uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter today because we have the legendary Andre Edwards. Andre, uh, we just read. I just read. You just got a new. You just had a new another story on LockedOnBangles.com. Is that correct? I did. I about, did. about four or five days ago. Yes, sir. All right. So tell me about it then, because uh, what I read is it's all about finding out who's new on this team and who's who. Yeah, I mean, I think. Honestly, that that's what it comes down to, right? Last year, the Bengals finished seven and nine. Uh, had a pretty porous uh, offensive line that basically derailed the entire season. And so, um, you know, it's about all right, who who are the new guys? Who who are the folks that can make an impact here that that would really help to turn these things around? And I think you know, you look at you look at guys like uh, Billy Price. You look at uh, Cordy Glenn. Um, I think immediately those two guys are upgrades to the offensive line that were desperately needed um, in order for the Bengals to to move forward. Well, the off- I'm right. So the offensive line was was horrible. I I'm an I'm an Andy Dalton apologist. I love I I actually like Andy Dalton. Unlike most people, he <laughs> he puts up good numbers when he's when he's got time. He puts up better numbers than average, right? Yeah. No. So. I think, honestly, to me, Andy Dalton falls somewhere in that 12 to 16 quarterback, you know, as, as far as the rating is concerned. So is he is he elite? No. Um, but would you take him over probably more than half of the, the quarterbacks in the league? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think I think that's reasonable. I mean, at this point in time, I'd take him over half the quarterbacks in our in our division. Yeah, all, I mean, I all think, except yeah. Ben, right? I mean, yeah, with the exception of Ben, yeah, because I think Joe Flacco is trash. Um, <laughs> that, and, he's slowly um, proving it too. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, I, I'm intrigued to see what Baker Mayfield will be, but I mean, I would I would take him over Tyrod Taylor for sure. So, um, and um, Baker and anybody else is unproven at this point. So, yeah, I mean, even if it's even if it's a uh, turkey bowl scenario of Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger is the MVP, Andy Dalton is finishing second. Yeah, which is okay. I'm okay being yeah, Andy Dalton. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But that does make you Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I'm not sure I'm excited about that. I'll take it. So, so Andre, since since Andy Dalton is about an average quarterback. And since there were some changes on the offensive line, and since I'm hearing that Joe Mixon is primed for a a breakout year, are the Bengals going to be more of a run team this year? So, more of a run team. That really depends on on how you decide to to look at it. Because I think if you leave it up to Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis has always been a guy who wants to establish the run and stop the run. Right. 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 That that's what you do. Um, in Marvin Lewis's head in order to win games in the NFL. And at times it's hard to to debate that. Other times you watch, you know, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, you know, with no running game at all, you know, previous to last year for, for uh, Brees, but pretty much every year with Aaron Rodgers and those guys just fling the ball around and, and they win games. But I think if 
if you know the limitations of your quarterback and understand um, what you need to do in order to win, I think running the ball is key. Now, does that exclusively mean that, you know, Joe Mixon or Giovanni Bernard lines up in the backfield and you hand them the ball 30, 40 times a game? No. Um, I think there is the opportunity for an extension of the run game. So, you know, your um, screens, your uh, dump offs, your uh, quick passes to the outside like they did to Joe like Mixon. Like the West Coast, the, the West the Coast type yeah. offense. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So. Um, I think those those elements added to uh, mixing in the backfield will help to elevate his his overall profile. I mean, I could easily see him, you know, fifteen hundred yard plus um, total, total yards for next year. Total. Yeah, total. for sure. Especially yeah. because with Bernard, because Bernard's going to get a lot of the third. Uh, is he going to be the third down back, or is Mixon going to be the? Is Mixon going to be an every every down back? So, so far, the way the Bengals seemingly like to do it um, is they will give Mixon a series or two and then have Gio come in and spell him for a series. So instead of the traditional, hey, you're first and second down and Gio comes in on third, a lot of times what they do is, all right, you're first series, second series, Gio's third series, you come back fourth series, Gio's fifth series. Type of deal. I, think, I think they find benefit in having the runner back find some kind of flow as opposed to, hey, you're in once every, you know, eight or ten plays. That's fair. So so when they are in passing situations, is there a clear second receiver? Is there anybody else that's going to kind of open things up for A.J. Green, or is he going to get double teamed every play, every game? So I think at the beginning of the season, he's definitely going to get double teamed without question. And, and until somebody else steps up and proves – that they are that guy, um, you know, it, that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think it's it's relatively equivalent to, um, you know, the year that Marvin Jones and uh, Muhammad Sanu broke out. And I want to say 2013-ish, um, you know, everybody knew A.J. Green, but who's on the other side of this guy? And right now that's going to be uh, Tyler Boyd and, and John Ross. And I think if you um, – if, if you look right now, that number two wide receiver is probably going to be Tyler Boyd. It's got. I mean, at this um, point in time, it's got to be because John Ross. I mean, one. I from what I understand, he can't catch a ball. Maybe not can't <laughs> catch a ball, but he's got the drop. He gets a little, a little, a little bit of the dropsies, right? Yeah, I but think, his I think speed. That gets you can, you yeah, have to sure. do something with him. I mean, he's got to be out there. Yeah, and I think I, John Ross needs reps. Right, John right. Ross needs reps. He did. He he played what 17 total snaps? he had 17 total yards played you know a handful of snaps last year that you know you just until you do it consistently all the time and you're out there and you get a feel for the game um you, you just you don't have anything to rely on so has he had some drop issues in camp yes am i overly concerned about them no not yet um but i do i, I go back to saying I, I do believe um tyler boyd is that number two wide receiver at this point so so Tyler Boyd's your number two. All right. So let's yeah. jump so so the one more offensive question for you. For me well, at least on my side of things. Tyler sure. Eifert. So my <laughs> man just a walking, that's, that's just a walking a question. question mark right there, right? It is. It's just a it's literally a walking question mark. All day, every day. So they've been giving him a lot of breaks in camp. Uh yeah. so uh, they got rained out today, basically practiced for half an hour. Hit tomorrow's a one hour is a little walkthrough. Two days break basically. Yep. Saturday's when they play, correct? So basically a two day break. So yep. is he actually going to play in this game? Because at some point in time, he's got to get on the field and actually make some football moves. So if I had to take a stab at it, my guess is he plays the third preseason game. I don't um, think he'll play I, at all this week. I don't. I really don't. Um, given given how the weather was, I think if he would have practiced full go today, they would have felt comfortable giving him off tomorrow and yeah. then you know go through the walkthrough on friday but uh given the the shortened uh practice today and the rain and the conditions i mean ultimately guys preseason doesn't matter sure it, it really doesn't unless and, you're a and, guy who's been injured though right i mean unless you're a guy it, who hasn't played in a while you need some reps you need some reps but at the same time i'd rather you get those reps 
during the regular season because it's not a it's not a timing issue between he and Andy Dalton. Yep. Is it's it's purely is it can this guy take a hit? And I think the Bengals have done a pretty good job of ensuring that all right, cool. If he doesn't make it, at least we have Tyler Croft, at least we have CJ CJ Uzama, uh we got Ryan Hewitt and those are guys that we know can be productive. I mean right. Croft caught seven touchdowns last year. So I mean it's not like he's a slouch. He's no Tyler Eifert. Right. But, um, you know, what you don't want to do is let's say there's a finite amount of snaps in Tyler Eifert, right? I don't know what that number is, but let's say that there there's a finite number. Do you want to use up any of those any of those reps in a in a meaningless first or second preseason game? Third game? Sure, because that's the that's the quote unquote dress rehearsal, right? That's when they're going to play the, mo- the starters. That, that's will play the that, most. Exactly. You give them you give them the opportunity to play a couple quarters. You let them cool down over halftime. You come back to start the third quarter, so the back gets a chance to tighten up, get it back loosened. Okay, all of those things you can simulate simulate a game, um, you know, in that third preseason game. I would not personally. I wouldn't play him in the second game. I just wouldn't. You just wouldn't do it. So I was thinking maybe more of a, a, a split them out wide. Get let him get some timing in a game because you know you. I mean you're getting timing out there on the practice field, but is it really game situation? So if you split him out to where he's he's only going to be in single coverage and you don't have to worry about him having to take on a blocker or, or a, a you know a linebacker coming from the side where he's got to do some kind of pivoting with that back. I, I if it were me, yeah, I'd put I, him out think, there. I'd stick think, him out. Honestly, there. I think that's that's exactly the the plan that they have honestly i think for the entire year is all right do we really need tyler eifert at the end of you know right tackle or left tackle throwing you, a block on, on a linebacker no you don't want to do that right with this offensive so, line though. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah but but you have but you have other guys i, I mean sure. that from Hewitt from it being line. actually exactly. tyler eifert yeah right. you might need a body but does it have to be his body right right um and so you know i think Initially, you probably have him, you know, work, work 20 yards and in. So red zone, absolutely key to have Tyler Eifert there and, and doing what Tyler Eifert does. Uh, you know, between the 20s, he's split out wide. He's in the slot. Those type of things where he is taking on, you know, safety, smaller, quicker linebackers, uh, maybe accidentally lined up against a cornerback, you know, stuff like that. And that's that's really what they're what they're looking to do. Um, and I see that being a long term strategy, at least for most of the year with him. The Gronk style mismatch. Yeah, absolutely. And right. I mean, you know, yeah, I think Gronk terrorizes the league because no linebacker is fast enough and no safety is big enough. Right. Yeah. And and then I mean Tyler Eifert comes in at six five or six six two fifty. I mean, he's a big boy. With he's... a great mullet right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an epic mullet. It is. <laughs> um the you know, the D line's been a strength for a while. Um the linebacking core with Vontez Perfect isn't bad. Um so so they're pretty strong up front, right? Yeah. Um so but what about the secondary, specifically the corners? What what are we gonna get from the corners? So I think your your top three guys are pretty solid. Um, William Jackson, I think I do need I need to see another year of him continuing to grow and, and continuing on the trajectory that he started uh, last year, which was his second season since he missed his first due to injury. Mm-hmm. But um, I, if he continues to grow and becomes the, the corner that I think he is uh, projecting to be, that's your lockdown corner moving forward. Um, they could use it. I think... Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, when you play in a in a division with Antonio Brown, like you got to have somebody who can who can play some defense, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you know, uh, Darquez Denard really came on last year, being that that slot cornerback. Um, I don't know if I trust him on the boundary. His straight line speed isn't great, but his uh, short space quickness and uh, route recognition is pretty good. And I think he played in his first really truly healthy. Uh, season he played and acquitted himself pretty well in the slot last year. And he played. I was just going to say he played pretty well in the nickel last year when they when, yeah, when, they, when he came in he did well. Yes, and then Drake Kirkpatrick. Um, I dislike Drake Kirkpatrick <laughs> as, as a really? quarterback. Like, really? yeah, as, as a quarterback. I mean, like I, I think he's a great guy. He does great things for the community, and I think he's a decent corner. I think Dre's 
issue. If Dre was a third round draft pick, I'd probably have a whole lot less issue with Dre. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Yeah, that's fair. If if Dre if Dre didn't sure. sign a five year, fifty million dollar contract to be, you know, quote unquote that number one cornerback before William Jackson came along, I probably wouldn't have as many issues with him as I do. But unfortunately for him, he is a first round corner and I expect a lot you know, out of that position. And he doesn't always bring that. He, he panics a lot. He, you know, double moves seem to mesmerize him to a point of just being like, what just happened? And the receivers 10 yards behind him. I feel like, I feel like there's almost every game. If there's a touchdown thrown, it's on a little, it's on a, it's on a pass, a double move that the ball's just floated over his head. And it's like, he's, he's like, five feet short somehow yeah i no i can't i can't disagree with that and so all of that being said though i still think he's a decent corner again his his my biggest issue is he's a first round draft pick and i think he should be better he's not and that's okay the good thing is the good thing is though our defensive line is so impressive that they're, they're, there's not going to be a lot of double moves that come on him. So yeah, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't. There shouldn't be. You know, those two things should work hand in hand, right? You got really good cornerbacks, oftentimes because you have a really good defensive line. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. You know, very, very rarely is it the other way around. I mean, you you'll walk up on a guy like a Revis or a Norman who can you know buy the defensive line a couple you know an extra second or two. But most of the time, your cornerbacks look really good if you have a really good defensive line. Right. Um, so I think with the with that, you know, getting back to the point of what do I think of them? I think your your starting three are pretty solid, and um, you know, most teams would would kill to have one guy, you know, the caliber of a William Jackson. We've got, we've got three guys who can go up there and start. The issue becomes, all right, what happens if one of these guys goes down? And it's, it's almost inevitable in the, in the course of a football season uh, that, that somebody's going to get injured in that, in that secondary. And there's just not a lot of depth behind those three. Um, you look at guys like Tony McRae, who just came back today from injury, um, Kavari Russell, um, you know, they, they signed, uh, a kid who played for Carolina and I think Atlanta, uh, during their Super Bowl run, Goodwin, maybe, yeah. um, they just signed him to give him a shot. I, I will say this, it would not shock me if at some point in time, based upon how those second level guys play if Adam Jones doesn't make a return to Cincinnati. I, that was going to be a question I wanted to ask you was, uh, I, there's been a lot of rumblings about this. Uh, James Rapine talks about it all the time on, on 1530. He's, he talks about, you know, this could, you know, don't be surprised if they cut him and you see him come back, sign at a lower rate. I mean, the yeah. guy's in phenomenal shape still from what, from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, that fight in the airport, he looked really good. He did, oh, did he? I wanted to be the first to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that was all that was all on the on the airport security man. That that guy yeah, he was asking yeah. for it. He was yeah, asking absolutely. for it. Oh, no, no, no. I I am totally kidding, but um <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you got a a veteran presence. I'm not asking him to, you know, be something he's not right so i need you to be the fourth or fifth best cornerback on this team and i think he's athletic enough i think he's savvy enough to play that position and, and play it well um and and not cause a lot of issues uh for us in, in coverage uh, i don't i don't want him covering antonio brown one-on-one no, no we but, saw what happens you know, when that happens yeah absolutely yeah, right absolutely but at the same time you know if you're covering the third best or fourth best wide receiver on a team because they went, you know, spread offense with no running back. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So, so we're going to get a little risque here. Um, the, the NFL, I don't know if risque is the right word, but anyway, the, the NFL changed its policy on the national anthem in the off season. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. So in short, you can stay in the locker room for the national anthem, but if you're on the field, you have to stand, right? Right. Um, so players during the first week of of preseason games, um, we saw guys were still taking a knee. Guys were, you know, guys were raising a fist or, or doing whatever they they felt necessary to um, kind of continue the same the same demonstration, you know, uh, 
you know, to kind of raise awareness for, for the social issues that have been the theme, that have been the reason for this whole thing starting a few years ago, right? Right. Um, so, and, and from what I understand, fines will will happen for that, for those guys. Um, I, I, maybe that's not right. I don't know. But I, I from what I understood, they're supposed to get fined. Um, you never know what the NFL is going to decide. Um, <laughs> so, um, having said that, so so what is your take just on the whole thing, really, just on the continued protests or, or you know, whatever whatever the proper word is um, to describe that the new rule, the the NFL's handling of the whole thing, um, the the media making it, you know, keeping it a frontline story, right? You know, um, the, the the floor is yours. Your your take on it. So one, let me start by saying thanks for uh, presenting it from the standpoint of it being a protest to talk about social inequalities and social injustices. The whole point of the whole thing. It's not about the military. It's not about the police. You know, it's it's not that. It's you know the the original intent of the protest was to draw attention to social inequalities within our country that have plagued, unfortunately, this country uh, since its inception, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, and so I think, you know, Kaepernick um, and Eric Reed, who basically kicked off this, this whole thing, um, were, were on to something from raising the level of awareness um, and, and having a platform to be able to do that. Uh, you know, oftentimes people will say, well, you know, they're making millions of dollars and, you know, why, why do they care? And, and, you know, why, why aren't they saying, well, you know, Hey, I'm a rich guy and everything's great and everything's cool. Well, obviously great for you because you're rich, right? Well, <laughs> who's going to listen to a poor guy on the side of the street? That's exactly so, right. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we walk past those who are less fortunate than us every day. And it's like, I don't have any extra change, man. Or, ah, sorry, I couldn't do that. Or, ah, like nobody pays attention to those people. The millions of signs that are made and, you know, the, the, the millions of people that are that are homeless and on the street and don't have jobs, nobody listens to those folks. We listen to the people in power. We listen to the people who are on television. Right or wrong, that's what we do. And so, you know, you had somebody take a stand for people who don't have a voice, and I find that to be to be commendable um, from that from that standpoint. Um, I, I also believe that, you know, once awareness is raised, what do we do next? Exactly. You know, what's the next move? What's the next step? Um, I think some of some of the continued protest and continued backlash um, is is due to one probably some of the uh, rhetoric of the president. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, whether you like him, don't like him, doesn't really matter. I, I think his his words are antagonistic to this particular cause. Um, I also believe it's, you know, from, from the media standpoint of trying to convolute the original message. Um, you know, so I think, all right, players... What what are, what are we going to do from this point moving forward? How do, how do we change? How do we change what's going on? Um, it's, it's 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 interesting, man. It's just, it's it's very interesting yes. to to look at the whole thing, right? And so I think currently um, the NFL is reviewing with the players' association exactly how they want this thing to read because it did come out previous that all right, cool, you can stay in the locker room. But if you were out on the field, yes, you had to stand. So they are and talking to the players' union right now because originally this, this all just yeah, came out without doing anything, right? Exactly. Yeah, originally they did not, and um, you know, which only served to do what fire up the players even more, right? Yes. Yeah. So this could have gone away, in my personal opinion, this could have gone away as far as the NFL is concerned, and from a business perspective is concerned, if you sat down, talked to the players figured out what they wanted and needed. Hey, let's put together some community programs. Hey, let's, you know, air some commercials with Roger Goodell and, you know, Colin Kaepernick and Odell Beckham and AJ Green. And, you know, let's, let's put a campaign together that makes this, 
you know, even if it's just, you know, uh, lip service, let's make it look good. Let's, let, let's get out and do some things for the community. Let's help support the players and the things that they do. This could have gone away, but instead, you know, it got turned into faux patriotism. It got turned into, you know, anti, uh, military, anti police and, and the NFL panicked. And, you know, you start looking at sponsorships and money's going out the window and, Oh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Well, players are wrong. We got to stop this right now. And, I don't think that was the right way to go about it. I think they, I think they completely botched it. Oh, they lost, um, they lost control of it real quick. They lost control. Yeah, and I, real I mean, quick. It's, it's like, unfortunately, it's like a lot of things with the NFL, like the the, the domestic violence piece, the uh, you know abusive of substance piece, you know, marijuana and you know versus controlled substances, uh, you know the catch rule, that new helmet rule, like all of these things that they try to do like they just completely jack it up and uh it, it comes off as a mess like nobody knows really what they're doing just like this helmet rule right now is is started off a mess it'll be interesting how the second week of the preseason goes with it but the first week wasn't that great no it was awful it was awful because there were there were too many times that as a fan i had to question what exactly the referee saw <laughs> and that that you, you can't have that. I mean, we're sitting at home with giant TV screens that I can slow down and watch 54 times back and forth. And look, he's looking at the guy and his helmet hit him in the chest. And yeah. like I, I can do that. And so, therefore, you, you can't make the rule more convoluted than the average person is at home and watch. Like right. I, yeah. I know what a hold looks like. Oh, he pulled his jersey. Yep, there's there the hold. Okay, yeah. cool. I can see that, right? Uh, for the most part. I know what pass interference is for the most part. Sometimes they get it wrong, but for the most part, I got sure. a general idea of what that is, right? And there are, it, it's unfortunate that due to, again, what it comes down to is, is is money and sponsorships and perception. You know, the whole CTE and you know concussions and whatnot. That whole subject came up, and as a reaction, it's all right. Well, we got to be a super safe sport now that we had never been before and we're going to implement this giant change that we basically give the players who've been playing this game their entire lives, you know, six weeks to figure out how to do. And we're not even really sure how to implement it, but this is what we're doing. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the decision-making from the front, from, from the NFL office has been uh, questionable at best for at best. a long time. Um, yeah, at best. They uh, so as a matter of fact, uh, somebody sent me a, an article today, um, just uh, just like a few little things that that I forgot about. But things like in 2012, the NFL had an issue with Tim Tebow kneeling for each game to pray. They had an issue with Tebow wearing the phrase John 3:16 on his on his eye black. Um, in 2013, they fined Brandon Marshall for wearing green cleats to raise raise awareness for people with mental health disorders. Uh, 2014, they uh, uh, they uh, entered a uh, Robert Griffin III, sorry, entered yeah. a post-game press conference wearing a shirt that said, No Jesus, No Peace, K-N-O-W, but was forced to turn it inside out when an NFL right. uniform inspector before speaking. How at about the John Kidna? I mean, I mean our, remember John yeah. Kidna, right. yeah. he cross wore a cross hat, hat and right. he wasn't allowed yep. wearing it. I mean, there's so many rules and, and silly things like that, yeah. you know, that you'll never see in an NBA locker room or ML, MLB locker room for that matter. You wear whatever you want after the game, it don't matter. The NFL's got. They've always had some insanely ridiculous rules, guys. They would give you one warning if your towel was too long on your uh, coming out of your out of your pants during a game. Right. I mean, no, it's, absolutely, it's stupid. How much does that matter to the game? I mean, is that changing anything for anybody? Everybody's got to look the same, man. It's all about the shield, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and that yeah, and I think that's the that's the NFL's biggest issue is they don't allow individuality, right? I mean, there there has to be some room for a player to express himself and, and, you know, be more than just a football player. If, if, if like, to your point, you know, you watch the NBA, um, there are plenty of guys who 
can express themselves on the court, can wear, you know, a different warm up, can do different shoes. Can There's just a lot of, of room in there for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, although it is the most popular sport, you know, at least here in the United States, if not, you know, probably second to soccer as far as the world is concerned. Right. But, um, you know, there's just there's just not that opportunity for for the players to to be more than what the shield is. As you put on the helmet, you go, you know, go go snap a ball and let's get on with it. Right. Yeah. All right. So so your prediction for the Bengals record this year? Just going back to specifically Bengals. Eleven and five. Oh, sorry, not me. Not yeah, you. Andre, I know oh, what you think. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard that uh, prediction <laughs> on, on your last podcast. I was yeah, like, wow, sorry that's about pretty, that. He was wrong, obviously. That's, that's pretty bold. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, Andy Andy Dalton just needs that. He he's going to get a half second more time this year, and that's all he's going to need. Hmm. Well, I will say this: he has way more weapons this year than he had last year. Yeah. Um, he should, on paper, have a far better offensive coordinator and offensive scheme than what he had last year. Um, you know, purely by the fact that Russell Bodine is no longer on this team, the <laughs> offensive line should be better by default. Yes. Um, and if I never have to see Cedric O'Boyhe play left tackle again, it'll be awesome. There so, you go. <laughs> um, you know, with that being said, uh, I was on – this sounds – slightly pompous and ridiculous of me but i was on another uh show before this one and yeah it, no um, hey pump, pump, uh, pompous it up man that's why we got you on here because you're you're all you're worldwide brother we're just trying to yeah, get somebody it, it big just, on it just sounds crazy to me but um <laughs> so uh we kind of went through the schedule game by game right and he was he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and so we were kind of joking back and forth about you know games this and that and honestly as we went through I think I came out somewhere uh nine and seven ten and six hmm. um and I figure the in my head the two swing games between um you know nine and seven eight and eight to nine and seven ten and six uh-huh. are the Denver game at home and the second uh, Baltimore game. Okay. At those Baltimore. two, yeah, those two, um, for me, are really truly all right. If we can win those two, I still think you beat the Browns two times this year. I'm not saying it's a cakewalk, but I just don't think that they're still a year away. Yep. Um, if you can beat Baltimore twice, you know that's that's four wins. You pick up some wins against. You know, Miami, you pick up a win against the Raiders, you pick up a win, you know, now if we're we're calling uh, uh, the Broncos as a win, there's some there's some some wins in there that I think get you to to right around nine and seven, ten and six. It's I see I, I only see four losses in here when I look at it, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, even though I'm only yeah. seeing four losses in here, I'm sure that's a completely I, objective. I gotta, I have to say that yeah, I have yeah, to sure. say that you know, there's probably going to be a game in there that they that they blow up. You know, there'll be some wet. It'll be a wet game sometime, and Andy will drop the ball or something will happen like that. But, drop it if so, it's a dry I, game. so that's where I come up with eleven and five. But I don't know. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, can't tell it me it's not doable. Of, though. Is it out of the realm of possibility? No, but. The schedule is much harder this year. I mean, the oh, NFC yeah, no is, is. I mean, you, when you when you run through, you know, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, you know, those those <laughs> are some. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons as a team, like those are just some really really tough matchups, right? Yeah. Um, for anybody, and I mean, I don't care who you are. I think those are just some really tough matchups, and I think based upon the weaknesses. Uh, of the Bengals at this point in time, which are which are offensive line, a truly established number two wide receiver, the uncertainty of Tyler Eifert's uh, injury, and then you know, quite frankly, some 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 question marks at least about the uh, defensive secondary. Uh, I, I just think that it, it's a tough it, it's a tough road to hoe, and yeah. uh, ten and. T- Nine and seven, ten and six feels about right to me. All right. Well, I'm hey, I'm good with that. I'm a, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. That that puts us right in the playoff running. Absolutely. I am one hundred percent good with that. Yeah, and I think, I think, uh, you know, if you can pull off a, a a five or a six seed, and now you're matched up against a 
you know, let's say it's a, it's a Denver or Kansas city, or, you know, if it's, um, uh, heck, I'm even trying to, trying to think who else is, 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 uh, is relatively decent AFC wise. Um, uh, uh, maybe the chargers, you know, somebody like that. Right. If, you're, if you're up against one of those teams, I think anybody other than new England, probably Pittsburgh, uh, you know, anybody else, I think you got a pretty decent shot at, at, at pulling off a win. I, I, I agree. I agree. I think, I think that they, they have the talent to play with just about anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then, unless you're going to get tore up by a guy like, like, uh, like Drew Brees or a guy like, uh, who could, who could come up and pick you apart. Unless you're yeah, going to come up are, against one of those four perennial. or five guys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those are perennial exactly. all-stars who is like, those are six. They, they, they go everybody, to everybody. Right. Yes, yes, exactly. All right. All right. All right, Andre, so very last thing before we let you go. I know it's like hours past your bedtime. Man, you are not kidding. Because <laughs> m- most older people eat dinner at 3.30, watch Jeopardy, and then they're Ooh. in bed by 7.30, right? I had, to, I had to set my alarm to wake back up. <laughs> <laughs> you told me before you were on your, like, 18th cup of coffee yeah, or Absolutely. We appreciate you hanging in there. Very last thing for you. So we do a, a segment, just kind of a fun, silly thing here. Um, swipe left or swipe right. Now, you haven't been single for a long time, I believe. I was like, uh, <laughs> Chris hasn't either. I am. Like, I'm going to pretend like I have no idea what you're talking about. So what, no, no, what are we talking about? So, 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 so that's a reference to uh, dating apps these days. So, so if you if you you know you get the profile, the girl's profile. If you don't like her, you swipe left. If you like her, you swipe right. If both Got people it. swipe right, you match and you get to talk and Good all that silly stuff. So only I know about that because I'm a 36-year-old man who is still single for many, many reasons that we won't get into. So anyway. That's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. We, other we've, podcast. Had, we've had well, we, episode eight, if anybody's listening. Just <laughs> yeah. take a listen to it. It's great. It is phenomenal. All right. So anyway, before I embarrass myself any further. Um, so, okay. So swipe left, you don't like it. Swipe right, you do like it. All right? Got it. Yep. Vontez Perfect. After returning from his four-game suspension to start the season, gets suspended for at least one game before the end of the season again. Swipe left. Swipe. Left. I agree. Okay. All right. I agree. All right. I got. I got one. I got one that I want to say. So, uh, uh, Debonair is a boy band. Swipe left. Ah, thank you. R and B group, you. right? Good group. R and B group, and let me tell you. Uh, sang the national anthem at the at the Bengals game and watched. Uh, go on YouTube and you can see it. Phenomenal. Looked like you guys Thank had a blast. Outstanding. Oh man, it was it was an amazing experience. It's uh, that it's a day that will live in my memory for a long time. That's for sure. All right. So last one for me. You have another one after this? No, I'm good. Okay. So very last one. Andre Edwards is going to grace us with his golden voice. And sing a few bars right here on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. That's a, that's a, that's a strong swipe left at 11 o'clock oh, at night, man. He got kids sleeping, man. I had a, I had a bad feeling about that one. <laughs> All right. We'll do an earlier one someday. And, and there you we'll, go. We'll record it. We'll record it early. There, there you go. go. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, Andre. Thank you very much, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, Definitely. we do it. Hey, next week, uh, next week, we got a special in studio guest, another Edwards by the name of Bobby Edwards, who will be here with us. So, you guys are uh, doing big things. You oh, gotta listen to that. Boy, you know that's going to be a good one. You know that's going to be a good one. So, anyway, it's been, it's been fun, boys. I really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having thanks. me on. Have Thank a good you, one, Andre. All right. All right, there we go. Andre Edwards, everybody. That is the man, the myth, and the legend. Uh, Bengals.com. Didn't get to his Twitter account. Uh, no, it's yeah, at on. That's true. It's at Andre at, at Andre Edwards 06. I hope he doesn't mind uh, me giving that out. But it's all it, you can find it on the internet anyway. So yeah. Anyway, he, he's excellent huge. follow. He's huge. He knows everything about the Bengals as he just proved. So um, follow him on Twitter. That's that's our there man. You go. Speaking our man, of Andre. speaking of Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can follow Adam on Twitter. Yeah, you can. Adam Schmidt forty four. So I said I was going to tweet twice last week. I only tweeted once. Mm. I apologize. I'm going to do better this week. At sick with it. It's all right. I, I, it's hard for me to get on the social media deal. 
You know, you're a busy man. I get it. I uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about all that, but it is what it is. All right. So you can catch us at the Nosebleed Sports Podcast on Facebook. Uh, listen to us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, all that. We appreciate everybody listening. Subscribe. Get yourself a T-shirt. Uh, beat the streak. Our beat the streak app is getting up there. Uh, yep. We we just had a tie for first place. Uh, Annihilator has tied Bushy Box for first place uh, with an eleven game. Hit streak. I don't know if he got one today or not. I've jumped up to five so far running. So we got some things going on, big things going on. Go to the Beat Streak app, hit the nosebleed, type in nosebleeds, one word under groups, join. Good luck. Yeah. How you how have you done so far? You know, my uh, I had a six game streak come to an end last night, and then I had Freddie Freeman tonight, who I know already got a hit. So um, back, back on, on back on top, back on a one gamer. Back on top. And we didn't get into – so my favorite thing that we've been doing on the nosebleeds has been the ugliest man in Major League Baseball. So last week we didn't tell you what happened. Uh, Ron Robinson beat the brakes off of John Lackey. <laughs> this week uh, was actually pretty close to the same. Uh, we had Joe DiMaggio up against Tyrone Hill, not the basketball – not the former Xavier player – uh, Tyrone Hill, the legendary um, cockeyed uh, ex-Milwaukee Brewer, and uh, that was also uh, not not even close. So far, it's been nothing but chalk. The seven seed took that over, and uh, so that was Joe DiMaggio, much uglier. He won seventy percent to thirty percent. We appreciate everybody voting on that uh, this week. This is a big one because now we're into the 8-9. We're into the 8-9. The so last first round. The last game round. in the first round, Randy Johnson, the 8 seed, against Ezekiel Estacio. Yeah, you, it, most people remember Randy Johnson because he's a Hall of Famer. Most people probably don't know Ezekiel Estacio, but get on the Nosebleeds Facebook page and check it out. It'll be on there to vote on. You'll see Ezekiel Estacio. We will find the ugliest picture of him we can find, and you will see – just how I think the nine. I think this is going to be our first upset. I think this will be our first upset. I think Ezekiel's got Randy Johnson beat. I, I'm going to disagree with you. I, really, I think, you're still going. I think my you're, vote's Randy. You're going Randy, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see what I happens. I mean, he's he's getting blown out in the second round anyway, so it doesn't matter. But Randy yeah, Johnson, he's got to face Don Mossy. Whoever wins this has to face Don Mossy. Right. The, the very next seed. game. The very next game. Don. Right. So good luck to you. Uh, get on there. Check it out. All right. So here we are. Adam, yes. we got started real quick with Bengals conversation because we got started a little late uh, due to some non-sleeping children. <laughs> Adam, how are you today? I'm extraordinary. Extraordinary. Especially after our after our first guest ever in the first podcast. ever guest podcast I'm guest. I'm I'm pumped. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I probably won't either. Well, at least until I get all this stuff put up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Uh, Let's go. Let's get started, man. What what are we gonna What are we gonna get into first? Now that the Bengals are done, we're you know we're we're forty five minutes into this thing already. We talked to Andre for a long right. time. What do you think? Well, really, the only other thing going on, at least locally, is the Reds. You know, they're we're in the dog days of summer now. It's the middle of August. It's a losing season. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, they were red hot for a couple months. Um, they they've regressed a little bit here in the last in the last couple couple weeks. They're three game losing streak. Yeah, and they're well, full actually today. So I don't know what they did today, but it was three game before tonight's game. Yeah, and coming into tonight's game, they were four and nine in August so far. Um, they lost the series to the Mets last week, who have a worse record than the Reds. Um, <laughs> so you know, and they took the L today. Okay, so so they got swept now by the Indians, who are phenomenal. They're a fantastic team. Um, but, you know, you have Scooter Jeanette at the All-Star break, I think, was leading or maybe second in, in hitting in the league. Mm-hmm. He's down to 304 now. That's still good for, like, seventh, I think, for sixth or seventh, I think, in the league. Um, but, you know, he's he's regressed a little bit, and I don't think anybody expected him to stay at the at the level he was at for a couple months. But, I mean, he had it going for a while. So, you know, I started thinking, like, hey, maybe this guy's this good. He's still good. He's, he's still, still leading the, in, or leading the team in hitting. Yeah. He's at 304. He's still in the top 10 in, in the league. Um, 
But, you know, he, he he's slowed down a little bit with the RBIs. Eugenio Suarez has actually slowed down a little bit too. He's still at 300 and he's still uh, top uh, like top five in RBIs. He's yeah he's fifth in baseball in RBIs still. Um, Votto Votto's interesting. I wanted to ask you about Votto's him. always interesting. He is always interesting. He is always interesting. He's always interesting, and no matter what he's doing, I I like him. I'm a fan. Right now, though, he's hitting 287, which isn't bad for most baseball players. It's not Terrible great for, for him. him. Right. Um, he has nine home runs and 55 RBIs. Now, he's never, he's only one or maybe two seasons in his career been a power hitter, really. He's more, he, uh, he leads the league in on base every year. He drives the ball the opposite way. Right. He's, he's up there trying to hit the ball where it's pitched. He's, get, he's getting on base, and that is his concern. Now, when he gets on base that frequently, and you have Scooter Jeanette and A. Eugenio Suarez having the seasons they've been having. Do you expect him to score a lot more runs than 58 at this point? I mean, he's yeah. not—he's not near the league lead. He's—you know—he's—he's he's really only Let's getting just, on base. He's I'm, not driving in runs. I'm going to say nobody's scoring. on base for him because they're already driving him in. I mean, Suarez and, and Scooter are driving him in before he gets a chance, right? Well, no, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he should be. I think he should be scoring more for the for the frequency that he gets on base and having those two guys behind him. He scored 58 runs. Yeah. That's at this point, you know, I would expect him to be with that scenario, I In would expect him 80s, to be 90s. really close. Yeah. yeah, around 100. Um, so he's not scoring runs and he's not driving them in as much as we kind of need him to. And Jim Riggleman made an adjustment that is absolutely right because of that. He's hitting second now instead of third. I have said forever. I, for years, I've said Joey Votto it should be would be the best second hole hitter in all of baseball because that is what he that's the the way his approach at the plate that is what he's designed for. Yeah. He's a second hole hitter. Yeah, he, exactly, exactly. And he's because he will hit the ball the other way, or he'll he'll put the ball he'll he'll hit line drives into the outfield if you got a guy on first or if you got a guy on second just to just to advance a guy. Now, a lot of two hole hitters are going to be maybe your best bunter. I don't remember the last time he laid down a bunt. And but it's Major League Baseball now. You're not there. They're sure, bunt, a bunter. There is. There. It doesn't matter anymore. And and pitchers still pitch around him, even though he's really not a power threat. Pitchers still pitch around him so much because he's such a good hitter. They just want to try to keep him off base. Right. But he's got such good command of the strike zone. He's he's ending up on base whether it be a hitter or a walk. Right. Right. Um, so so he's much much better for the two hole. Uh, certainly. So I'm uh, very happy about that move from Riggleman, um, who Jim Riggleman has done a really a good job. I mean, he's really done a good he's job. St- I, mean, I mean, he's done he's done a good job. But this the way that he's managing. I know he's managing for a job, and and he needs you know, and he's out there trying to keep a job, and he needs to win games to do that. But he makes some moves. This team needs to let these young players live through some aches and pains. All right, listen, we all want the Reds to win. I want the Reds to win every single game. Mm-hmm. This season I mean, is design is not designed for the Reds to win every single game. I'm not going to lie to you. At this point in time, it'd be better for the Reds to lose every single game. Let's you know to make sure you get that pick because right now our farm system is everything. Right now we have you know we're we're basing our our future off of the future of the farm team. So he's got to let some of these young pitchers. Get in, stay in games. He's he's got to be a little not as fast to pulling the trigger. Uh, when just because you got just because you have uh, a lefty righty matchup doesn't mean that you need to start certain outfielders. I, I mean, we need to. There there are guys that we need to see if they're going to be part of this team later. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's a lefty or a righty, and you're righty or lefty or what you are. Guys like Philip Irvin, I, right now with the injuries we have, mm-hmm. he should be playing every single day. There's no reason for him not to play every day. And if you bring, you know, a couple scrubs that, to be honest, Williams and and um, I can't even remember the other guy's name, they are never going to be on this team. This is they're not going to be on this team when they're good. Philip Irvin has a chance to be on this team when they're good. He was a previous number one first round draft pick, not number one, but first round. Right. That's the guy who we need to find out if he's actually going to be here or not. And he's been playing well. Mm-hmm. Riggleman's got to give these guys a chance. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and especially to your point with the pitching staff, um, you know, you've got – you still have David Hernandez, Jared Hughes, Rysel Iglesias pitching really well out of the bullpen. But some of the other guys have kind of – you know, Amir Garrett was unhittable the first three months of the season. And then since then, he's he's really kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, I still believe in him. I still would love to see him start. I mean, I, I still would yeah. like to see that um, just to see if that's still a possibility. But – um, you still have a few guys in the bullpen that that are have been pitching really well, but like you said, it's you know I, now when you have like last night, when you have um, when you have uh, Romano um, pitch an inning and a third and give up six runs, yeah, well, you know take him out. You, I don't want to. I don't okay. want to watch him give so, up ten runs in three so, innings. I mean, uh, I I'm okay. I'm with you. So, but my my point is more towards like I, I keep going back to the Castillo game a few weeks ago where uh he gave up I think he gave he, he was in the fifth inning he had only given up one run we were down by two mm-hmm. and it was like or no I'm sorry he had given up two runs we were down by one and because he wanted to try to win the game he brought in the he brought the the bullpen in and because he gave up a hit well if he wouldn't have given up that hit he would have left him in sure but he needs to learn how to get himself out of jams. You're down by one. You've only given up two runs. It's the fifth inning. You just gave up a hit. You need to learn how to get yourself out of that jam. You're never going to learn how to do it. If you're a star, you'll get out of that jam. You never get a chance to find out if you are a star if you're constantly being taken out. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great You point. think Verlander's coming out in that situation? No chance. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, what I'm, big what I'm there is a big difference. Right. But if Castilla is this star that everybody makes him out to be, and he's got the stuff, he, you know, then you got to find out at some point. You'll yeah. never know. He, I mean, he's pitched. Uh, he's going to pitch an entire season this year, and right. we're pretty deep into this one. So he's had his opportunities. It's not like every time he gets in trouble, he gets taken out. No, he, he's had opportunities. He's not pitched well. He Bailey and and Sal Romano all have ten losses already, and Tyler Malley has nine, and he hasn't pitched his last yeah. his last starter two up here because he ten. got sent down. Right. Um, so you know the the staff's been really bad. Anthony Disclafani is really the only bright spot on the starting staff right now, and. Matt Harvey's been okay. Um, everybody else has been pretty bad. They, they've had a good start here and there. Mostly bad, though. Um, so, But but you're going to get, you know, for Romano and for Castillo, those guys are going to get an opportunity to pitch the entire year. And, you know, Mally got had a chance to, to pitch a lot, and he may they may bring him back up in September, you know, and, and give him another start or whatever, especially if, you know, there's still a possibility that Harvey gets, you know, gets traded. Right, sometime you know before the end of the season, so um, it, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what the you know the young guys do, the the outfielders, the um, and the pitchers uh, on this team see what see what they do for the rest of the year. But I'll tell you what, I was at the game last night and they played the Indians. And the Indians are very good, mm-hmm. and the Indians are, are have been good for a while, but they are so good this year because Jose Ramirez, their third baseman, is legit, is unbelievable. Man, I knew he was putting up some big numbers, but seeing him play in person, that guy hits the ball harder than anybody I've seen. He looks like a a stocky little guy that would like go station to station. He has wheels. Sure. That guy, he he hit a double. He hit a hard hit single to the right fielder and went to second base last night and hit a double on a hard hit ball right to the right fielder. Because he, th- because he threw it in because there was a guy on first who went first to third and he was anticipating the throw going to third. So he just went it, he just didn't even hesitate. Went around first base. They cut it, but they didn't they they just I guess were caught off guard. Yeah. Or, I, I guarantee mean, it. He's he that was a smart move and he, he has some serious speed. Is he your MVP? You know what? There are like four guys in the American League that you can make a case for. You've got you've got Jose Ramirez. You certainly have J.D. Martinez. You got Mike Trout. You have Mookie Betts. I think those are the four. Mm-hmm. And I think Jose Ramirez and J.D. Martinez are are the two that kind of stand out to me. Where that's the real race um, coming down the stretch here. J.D. Martinez, this dude, he's he's second in uh, batting average. He's leading the league 
in home runs, only ahead one on Ramirez, Mm -hmm. and he's leading in RBIs. This dude's on pace. I mean, he has an opportunity at Triple Crown. We talked about this beforehand, and I agree with you in this, is that if you you win the Triple Crown, that you are – you're the MVP. You're the automatic MVP. Automatically. He's not going to win the Triple Crown because – Mookie Betts is hitting 350. <laughs> sure, but so, I mean anything can happen. He's hitting 333. Right. Ah, it's a lot. Right. Yeah, it's, it, a it's, lot. it's a 17-point difference and it's not out of the question. It's sure. it's not out of the question. But and JD Martinez is an MVP. He is he Dude, is it's unbelievable. If it's yeah, I I mean I'm I'm always a big I'm always a, a big guy about um, co-MVPs and co-awards. Uh-huh. Hardly anybody like that. Like <laughs> I, I mean nobody likes that. I like that, but so I, I could give it to both guys. But Jose Ramirez, because of the power and the speed, he is uh, he is fifth, I think, in all of baseball in stolen bases and second in home runs. I mean, he's tied for the, the AL lead in stolen in bases. stolen bases. Exactly. Yes. So so with that kind of speed and power, and he is smooth at third base. Let me tell you, he made a couple really nice plays last night. You know, you know what else he's good at. I think he's the only one in baseball that can that that still like choose red man instead of just dips. <laughs> this guy has got a cheek full of chaw all day, every day. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him and he doesn't have a chaw in, but it looks like he does because his mouth is just built that way sure. now. Sure. His, his cheeks are just stretched. Yeah. He just looks like a squirrel harvesting nuts <laughs> in his mouth all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, but yeah, dude, does, the, the right. dude's legit, and JD Martinez is my MVP right now. Okay, I, if I if I have to pick one right now, I think I lean Jose Ramirez, what? but JD Martinez is so close; it's by a fraction of a hair. That's not bad. A fraction of a hair is extremely small. So, let's get into what we like to do the most. How about swipe left, swipe right? Do you have any more swipe left, swipe rights before or since besides the couple that we used on uh, on Mr. Andre? I know you do. I can tell you picked your book up. The book has been picked up, sat in front. It's like he's he holds it like oh, he's I, about to read scripture. It is scripture. Okay. What is in here is scripture. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's notes that I write down for the podcast, and uh, that is uh, considered scripture. There you go. <clears throat> so the question or the the answer to your question is actually no. I I just had swipe left, oh, swipe really? right for Andre, but. Good, because neither do I. Oh, <laughs> hey, that works out perfectly. All right. Um, well, that so, doesn't mean I can't come up with one. Let me. Let, okay, so while you're thinking of that, my swipe left, swipe right, I have two of them. The American League Cy Young goes to anybody other than Chris Sale. No, swipe left. I agree swipe with you left. on that. Swipe left. Chris Sale's, he's just about won it already. I mean, there's, there's nobody anywhere near Chris Sale right now. There's a big scare with him. Obviously, uh, the whole surgery deal and all this stuff—he comes back right, basically right away. The dude, yeah. and, and he's just as lights out as he's ever been. He still leads; he's tied for the league lead in strikeouts, and he missed two starts. Yeah, he's 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 <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and, and then on the other side, on the National League side, just as dominant, in my opinion, who already pretty much has won the National League Cy Young, Max Max, Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah. Actors are no question about it. Now, I, I kind of feel bad for a guy like Jake DeGrom, though, because the big thing on him is going to be that win-loss record. Yeah. Win-loss records mean are so terrible. It, the win-loss on a pitcher sucks because Jacob DeGrom has a 1.81 ERA. If you have a 1.81 ERA and you can't get wins, I mean, he... <laughs> I can't even find him on the wins. Where I don't even know where he's at. He's he got seven wins on the year. Seven wins. Right, and that's how bad. That's how bad. He's the seven are. and seven. Jacob Degrom is seven and seven with a one point eight ERA. That's so. You take that out. I don't know that it's automatically Max Scherzer's deal. Right. I mean, yeah. He's right there. Degrom is right there. You're right. You're right. He he really is. Yeah, he is about 30 strikeouts behind him. And but that's why I give it pretty easily to right. Scherzer. Strikeouts. Honestly. I mean, strikeouts are so ridiculous now. I mean, he, 1.81. What? That's ridiculous. And, that's and, better than Chris Sale. And a whip under one as well. They both are, are are the only two guys in the National League that that have whips under one. Right. That's Unbelievable. Both of those guys. Yeah. 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 All right. Swipe, swipe left or swipe right. You, you're at, uh, you're at lunch, uh, with somebody you work with. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you ask for a box to get your food in a box, and uh, the guy in front of you doesn't ask for a box, so you ask him for the rest of his quesadilla. <laughs> Why do I feel like this is a real-life situation that happened to you? I was so irritated yesterday. <laughs> I was so irritated. So I can't. I can't. I'm not going to go any further. So whoever it was might be listening. That'll be the end of that. So you want his leftover quesadilla no. to take home with you. Is no. that what you're saying? No. I. Somebody else did that while I was out at lunch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did that. Somebody asked somebody for their quesadilla to take home with them during a business lunch. <laughs> um, you know, I, I swipe absolutely left on that. Um, that's an easy one for me because I don't even do leftovers, period, not even my own. Exactly. But to ask someone get... for the food that they ordered and have not eaten, I, that's a great big no thank you I can't, for me. Um, my, my, I can't. I still can't wrap my head around it. I've been thinking about it for two days. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. That is, oh no. You, a, the worst part is you thought that was me. You thought I, I was the one well, asking know. old boy for his you're, food. <laughs> you're full of surprises. Hey, let me get you peanut butter and jelly. You all right with that? Hey, if it's peanut butter and jelly, it's that might be a different story. story. It's a different story. I, right. You're right. You're yeah. right. It is if a different story. If it's chocolate story. chip cookie dough ice cream, that's also a different, different story. story. Different story. You know how I am about germs. I might eat off your spoon if it's chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Uh, why not? Absolutely not. I would why not? not? I would not for sure do that. No. I would never do that. No, that's true. Although at the Witt household, oh, here you go. Swipe left, swipe right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice cream night at the house okay. with the family. Okay. Not saying eat off my spoon. I'm saying let's say there's five people in family. <laughs> One container, five One spoons. One container, five spoons. <laughs> that's how That's how we roll. Hey, I'm swipe right to that all day swipe long. Swipe as left as possible for me. I would <laughs> no. Because you're, you're dipping the spoon in the thing, dipping the spoon in your mouth. I'm not dipping it. I am slurping it. You're off slurping of it off the spoon, and then you're dipping your your saliva-soaked spoon back in the ice cream again. It's not again. like I spit on the spoon. I wiped, but I wiped off. I wiped everything off with my lips. So, so for me, <laughs> so for me, <laughs> so for me, you might as well all use the same spoon. That's the same okay. to me. That's okay. the same to me. Okay. And you're okay with that? Oh, dude, that's how I grew up. Okay. <laughs> you use the same spoon? You use the same toothbrush? No, not using the same spoon. I, we didn't use the same spoon. Oh, you're saying am I okay with that's using the same spoon? Because you're essentially doing that if you're all using a spoon for the same thing and dipping it all back in. No, I, I don't, you know, to be honest, it wouldn't bother me one bit if I shared yeah. a spoon with somebody. Yeah. You and I are very different on that, but that's okay. That's all right. There you go. We're 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 different people. We're us. We're similar in a lot of ways, but we're we're different in that. In the in the me being germaphobic and you being pretty free spirited, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, man. I, I I completely forgot that we were on Facebook Live. Uh, I just yeah. pulled it up to turn it on. Looks like there's some people in there. Uh, you got to listen to the podcast. If you want to hear Andre Edwards, you have to get on the podcast right. to hear to hear the man himself. So, uh, if you actually want to know what we were just standing here nodding our heads at, <laughs> it'll be on the podcast Thursday tomorrow morning. Please do yourself a favor and listen to that. Andre was outstanding. That was maybe the most fun we've had so far for me, at least. I, I mean, we always have fun here, but having our very first guest and it being Andre, who we've known for a long time and who is uh, a Bengals encyclopedia, I, I learned. I learned like. 10 million times more than I knew before that about about the Bengals and the there upcoming season and everybody on the roster. And um, So anyway, definitely listen. Next week, this week, we had our first ever call-in guest. Next week, we uh, I, I, I believe he's going to be in studio. I'm hoping he wants to be in studio. We're going we're gonna to make I'm, sure I'm going to try to get him in studio. Yeah. Uh, if he wants to call in, that's fine too, but we're, we've got room for him. Bobby, uh, a, a very special uh, human being with hilarious stories. Oh, I cannot wait. Great, he's got two great red stories we're going to share next week. Oh Can't God. wait. A uh, lot of laughter next week. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> So, uh, if you got anything, you you guys want to catch us, like I said, we're the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. Uh, he's Adam Schmidt, mm-hmm. at Adam Schmidt 44 uh, Tweetbox me at SickWitIt. And uh, 
let's see. So we got, what all do we got going on right now? Let's finish it off. We'll talk about all the stuff we got, all the giveaways we're going to do, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. We've got, uh, so so are you still doing the, uh, for new subscribers? Anybody that subscribes. Okay. All right. So new subscribers to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, uh, CastBox, YouTube, Facebook, um, uh, LinkedIn, um, uh, what's the, what's the one that got bought out by Facebook that, uh, everybody was on, uh, not uh, sure. Yeah. iTunes, SoundCloud, you're the, you're the ca- CastBox, no, um, YouTube, no, the, uh, are we the, talking about what we're like on the here? First social media. No. Um, oh yeah. Be, uh, know you know, you did, about. you did your own wallpaper and your, your music for Matchbox? your page and it wasn't Matchbox. Um, that's a car. Uh, anyway, Wow, great job by me for for yeah. trying to go there. And We're not on MySpace. MySpace, thank you, <laughs> thank you. You were playing with me that whole time. Trying I, it to just wait popped for in my to... head. Yeah. Anyway, we're not on MySpace, but uh, if you if you find MySpace, see if Nosebleeds is on there. I'm sure. <laughs> see what are. it is. <laughs> anyway, All that's right. that's it. Sounds good. We appreciate it. Uh, as always, catch us, Bobby Edwards. On the show next week. Can't tell you how excited I am about it. You have to tune in. Please vote uh, on Randy Johnson and Ezekiel Estacio. And uh, that's it. Adam, I'm Chris. We appreciate it. Don't forget to turn your headlights on. There it is. That's the part I love right there. Mm